Tim, my friend. What's going on? Michael, not a whole lot, man. Just got done work. Excited for the pod. Very nice. We're back to our nighttime records. How was work today? Today was the last day of open enrollment. So really all last week and then especially today was really busy, um, but nothing like complicated. It's just quick five-minute phone calls of reset the password, get them into where they need to be, where they can sign up for some health care. Oh, yeah. I was going to say open enrollment sounds like health insurance shit. Totally. That's exactly what it is. Our favorite. Yeah. But yeah, easy peasy. Very happy to be off the clock. Yeah. Monday night. Uh, what can you do? Yeah. Any plans? No, not really. Um, we will be recording Wakanda forever tomorrow night with my cousin, Hannah, who actually recorded uh, black Panther with us, you know, years ago in 2016. So that'll be on the pop addled podcast this week. Um, I ca- I got I got out to see uh she said this past weekend. Hmm. Which was it's like it's it's good. It's basically a retelling of how the two main um New York Times reporters came up with the story uh about Harvey we- Weinstein. Okay. <clears throat> Just another movie that I think would be better served as a documentary. Um Right. It's like, it's like there's not too much uh, cinematically going on that's interesting. It's like it's a cool story, and the guy was a fucking monster, a but real disgusting piece of shit. Yeah, just in movie form. I just don't know if it needs to be a movie. I, I think it would have been better served like as a Netflix doc or something like that. Because they even played at one point a real recording of. Um, there were numerous women that like actually tried to go to the police about them mm-hmm. and just nothing, nothing ever came of it. Of course. And, and right. And one of the actresses, uh, the cops put a wire on her and mm. they played that recording in the movie. And, and it was just, you just listen to this like two minute recording and it, it's just kind of like, well, this is the type of shit you would see in a documentary, right. which by the way, it's very disturbing to hear it. Um, so it's not for the faint of heart to go see that. No. No, I can't. I'm just shocked I've never heard of it in any way until right this second. I like to but think yeah. I'm more up on the, you know, current events, but maybe I'm not. It's kind of like a, well, it's not kind of like, actually, so Bombshell came out with like a star-studded cast about, you know, basically Roger Ailes. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that story was so kind of new that it was like a quick turnaround to make a movie about it. It's kind of similar to that. Right. It's like th- this was so recent that I don't know if they like, it brought anything new to light or like was revealing in any way. It was like a big ass story that most people knew about. Yeah. Yeah. This Sorry. Seemed- I don't know why I went on this tangent. You, you asked what my plans were and I just immediately started talking about movies. No, 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 no. It's all good. I can't believe the first Black Panther came out in 2016. That blew my mind when you said that. Pretty sure, yeah. Sheesh. Where does the time go? So, I know, you saw this one, the next one. I haven't seen it. How do they, and you could spoiler alert folks, how do they write out 
the Black Panther character. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty early on. Mm -hmm. The movie overall is about grief and grieving and how you deal with that pain and trauma. Yeah. And it's not just him. There's other characters along the way. Um, No spoilers. But yeah, like directly to Chadwick Boseman and T'Challa, they pretty much make it in the movie that he dies of a disease. Oh, really? So it's almost like, yeah, uh-huh. it's almost like in the movie he dies of cancer. Right. Oh, and, wow. And the, really the whole story is about Shuri dealing with that because she's so technology advanced and able to, like, come up with cures and stuff, and she's not able to find the cure to save him. And she just mm-hmm. takes, it, takes it upon herself and just beats herself up, up over it the entire movie. Yeah. That makes sense. Is he in it at all? No. No. Okay. So, well, that's good. I'm glad they didn't. Well, um, there's flashbacks to Black Panther, but no, he's not. They in didn't it. like new Star Wars it where they put a weird fucking uh, Polar CGI. Express character in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Well, do you remember a while ago in our real lives, we had a conversation and you were telling me some bullshit that happened to you that you wanted to talk about on the show. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah. Um, it was me job searching, I believe. Yes. Yes. So yeah, for about two months now, I've been looking at the market, looking, looking for a different job. Like Mm -hmm. I'm still happy with my current position and what I'm doing. I'm good at what I do, but I look at the job market. I see I'm being underpaid. I see other job descriptions and I'm like, I'm doing all of those things, but that job over there, mm-hmm. that's paying a lot more money. Right. Yes, exactly. So basically for the past month, I've been talking to all these different job recruiters and they're kind of a dime a dozen. Um, th- their goal is to place me in employment because they really don't get paid unless I get the job. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are motivated, but they're the way they speak in, in selling a job to me is the same across the board, no matter who it is. Right. Um, but anyway, yeah. So this, this one lady who typically the, I, I find these job recruiters tend to be younger. I feel like they're all in their, like their twenties. A lot, mm. a lot, I feel like a lot of people right out of college get these recruiter jobs. Um, but this one lady reached out to me on LinkedIn and she, she was older and just right from the get, she asked a few different questions that kind of cut to the chase of like, why are you looking for a job? And I was very frank about like, look, I'm happy where I'm at, but I want more money. Yeah. I feel like I'm undervalued, you know, for, I, I feel like I'm very good at what I do. And I also let her know right off the bat that I have like a police record. Oh, right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but she was cool with that. And she had this job opportunity in Philly. It was for this company called uh Jenny, which I think they're Jenny Montgomery Scott. They, they, I don't know. They're like a financial service. I want to say kind of similar to like a Charles Schwab type deal. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, they had the they had they have this IT team uh, specific to like one thing that was like twelve people, and they're expanding it by three positions to be fifteen. So it's not like they fired people recently. They just have these brand new positions open. Uh, it's in Philly, but it, I only would have had to go in two days a week. The mm-hmm. rest of the time would be remote. Which, you know, is a little bit of a pain in the ass living in Westchester. It's not right around the corner. But I'm totally willing to do it. Yeah. Um, the money was way better. 
uh, you know, the full package, full benefits, salary, paid time off, all that jazz. Cool. Yes. This is the first time, though, like like all of these job recruiters throw these jobs at me, and then I never hear back because reasons. Like, you know, the, the job thought I was too inexperienced or whatever. They ended up filling the position before they even got to me. Right. They did actually give me an interview. So I got an interview with, like, the team leader, and it must have went well because then I got a second interview with, like, another guy. Okay. And this is within the matter of, like, two days in a week. Actually, let's say the first interview was a Wednesday. The second interview was a Friday. And then uh, later on that night, that Friday night, the job recruiter texted me at, like, say, 5.45 p.m., so, like, kind of after hours now. And she told me to call her. And I was like, all right, well, this is probably good news because why would she want to talk to me to give me like, oh, by the way, they don't want to hire you to ruin my weekend. (laughs) basically?" Yeah, (laughs) right. So so I take a break and I I call her and she's like, hey, good news. Uh, Both both the two guys you talked to had rave things to say about you. They they gave me the thumbs up. They want to offer you the job. Uh, Only caveat is that they were wondering if it'd be cool if you started in like three or four weeks, because since they're bringing on so many people at once, mm-hmm. the training would just be difficult to do it all three people at one time. So mm-hmm. is it cool if we like really bring you on like three or four weeks from now so that the training could be spaced out? And I was like, Oh yeah, that's totally fine. Um, and that was Friday. So then I like tell my parents over the weekend, I tell cat, I tell yeah. my brother, I got this fucking job. Yes. You know, like, then come Monday, I I luckily did not say anything to my boss. Yes. Because if nothing was signed yet, nothing was set in stone. Kat then on Tuesday says, texts me like, hey, have you heard anything from the new job? And I was like, well, no, I'm not really expecting to. I think we just got to like start the onboarding process and signing a bullshit paperwork and stuff. Mm-hmm. But just her concern with that like provoked me to reach out to the job recruiter again. And I just texted her like, Hey, are we just in like in a holding pattern until like, you know, we do the onboarding. She was like, you know what? Let me talk to them and I'll, I'll, I'll uh, talk to you later. Yeah. Well then sure shit. She calls me Wednesday morning just to flat out say that like the two guys you interviewed with, like talk to the CIO and the CIO said that you're not experienced enough and they don't want to offer you the job anymore. What the fuck, man? Uh... And like, it it was so strange of an order of events that I was like, what what happened in between my two interviews that clearly went well, that they then talked to the job recruiter to say, talk, call Tim, let him know he got the job. Yeah. That she then did that to now like renege on that offer. I'm like, well, what the fuck? And like, it, so I talked to my brother and, and you know, my, my brother works in the biz. He's like a high up. And he was convinced that's bullshit. Okay. Because, <laughs> like, I, I then I, – I called the recruiter back, and I was like, is it just that I don't have enough experience? Or was, like, there's something else that they didn't like about me? I just want to know uh, so that I better know how to approach my next opportunity is how I, like, worded it. Because yes. I, I didn't want it to come across as, like, sour grapes or anything. I just – honestly, like, let me know so I can, like, better improve for the next time I get a job opportunity. And she said, she was like, no, they, they really just thought they, they wanted someone with more experience. And I was like, okay, fine. We'll leave it at that. 
but yeah, my, my brother still thought that was bullshit. He was like, it has to be because you have a record. Um, but even so, like the job recruiter told me that they were well aware that I had a record, Yes, <laughs> you know, the that listeners might... want to need to know what you, what's your right. You're not, you don't have any fucking nasty shit in there. No. So I'm 39 years old uh-huh. when I was like 22 or 23, I got a DUI. And uh-huh. then when I was 25, I got a second DUI. So that's back in 2008. Right. All of my consequences were fulfilled by, I want to say 2011. Mm-hmm. So like, it's been over 10 years since yes. the consequences have been fulfilled. It's been almost you know 14 or 15 since I first got the, the second DUI. Yeah. I have looked it up myself. I do have a record. It is out there for public knowledge. Mm-hmm. But I, for sure. But, you, but it's like a 15-year-old DUI, not like fucking anything disgusting. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like assault or anything like that. Right. So like, I think it's still considered a misdemeanor, so it's not a felony. It's not any when does sexual it get expunged? Yeah, no sex stuff, no fucking theft. Or, you know, I could see stealing from a company would disqualify you from another company. But a fucking 15-year-old DUI, give me a break. It's if that if that is what prevented me from getting that job, that's that sucks. That's disappointing. Mm-hmm. And it's my own fault. I, I'm not trying to play the victim here. It's my own mistakes in life, but it, it does. I don't know. I, it kind of reminds me of like Kat and I have been keeping an eye on the housing market for a while, but it's just insane to buy a home even still today. Um, maybe a bad comparison, but like just going through this process, it, it's like you hear about all these employers talking about how like no one wants to work. And it's like, well, maybe if you weren't so beholden to these like archaic fucking benchmarks that people, you know, uh, job, job, what's the word I'm looking for? Possible workers are looking that you're looking at like yeah. one college degree. I don't mm. got it. I'm sorry. And I'm not going to get it anytime soon. Right. Um, exactly. I have a little, you know, I have a, I have a record. Mm-hmm. It's I think minimal, but it's there. But still, like I am currently working the job for over a year and a half. I'm right. clearly reliable. I show up on time. I can do the fucking job. Talk to my boss, and you have the same exact job description. Like I will do it, and you're unwilling to hire me because of reasons that I think are just bullshit. <sighs> That's fucking frustrating, dude. And what if you're? When were they going to tell you if you if you didn't reach out to the, your recruiter? And we're like, hey, what's the deal? And then she would reach out. To, were they just going to like let you fucking float in the wind? You know what I mean? Just be like, hope you forget about it and never tell you. I don't know, man. And like, thank God I didn't put in my two weeks yes. on that Monday or Tuesday. Right after away. I like yes. allegedly got the job. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, and then had to, I would have had to go on back to my boss. Like, hey, uh, about that uh, two back. weeks. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I know I told you to go fuck yourself, but uh, can we, you know, back that up a little bit? I'm sorry, but... But anyways, yeah, like, and it it was disappointing for, like, the first hour of that day that I talked to the recruiter. But the more I thought about it, I was like, you know what? Shit happens. You know, it, it was cool to go through the process, finally, to finally land an interview. Uh, actually, interview, yeah. 
and, and you know, I, I, it also provoked me to brush up my resume a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, like just today, I, I talked to another job recruiter. He's got this offer in Malvern, um, which is for those who don't know, I live in Westchester. That's only like 15, 20 minutes away. A lot easier to get to than Philadelphia. Totally. So we'll see where that goes. Life is still okay. <laughs> yeah. This was also concurrent with a time where you weren't getting text messages, which in the modern world is a fucking death sentence. So that's what I thought originally, because you were telling me like both stories at once. I thought you missed some vital text that caused (laughs) your fucking courier to be torpedoed across the side. But no, these were different issues happening at the same time. Correct. Which thank God that got sorted out. Somehow, I could not receive texts from any Android device. You and can if only I was get iMessage. A, yeah. Right. But even if I was in a group text with all iPhone users except for one yeah. Android user, I was not receiving any of the texts in that group. Oh, you wouldn't even get the iMessages from the group? No. Dang. So, like, for instance, with oh. you, me, Keenan, and Harrison, yes. I wasn't receiving your yours or Harrison's texts. Damn. I was just getting nothing. nothing. <laughs> but I could text in the group, and you guys would get mine. I didn't know that, because I would just get no responses. I'd just be like, fuck you. Well, that's like, you know, group messages sometimes. Sometimes people just don't feel like answering. But how did you... How long before you figured out something was up? Like, you know what I mean? Like, how... But before you just did the thought like, oh, Keenan, one of my closest friends is just ignoring me. You know what I mean? It was it was that. It was that. Like right. I, I mean, he's not the greatest texter in the world, mm-hmm. but there was like three consecutive texts where he just was silent and I was like, What the fuck is going on with I him, do? man? And yeah. Yeah. So it, smart of him, he reached out to me on oh. Discord. Mm. <laughs> so he just messaged me on Discord. It was like, yo, man, I've been texting you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then we put our heads together to get to the bottom of it, and we discovered what was going on. And then I had to sit on the phone for an hour with uh, my carrier to get it resolved, which, I don't know, I guess they just like flipped the switch, and all of a sudden, these this like flood of text messages came in. <laughs> <laughs> One of which was my shit for the gritty 5K. Oh, yeah, we didn't talk about that on here. Let's let's catch the people up who, who were wondering about that, because that's a pain just- in the ass, too. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm dominating the conversation. Please. I just uh, woke up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, the gritty 5k I'd signed up for, and I think it was like mid October. Maybe it was, I, I forget what the date was regardless, like come the week of, or the week before the Saturday of the race, I hadn't gotten anything in the mail. I hadn't gotten an email, just like nothing. So, so I emailed, they didn't have a phone contact. So I emailed the only contact available and they immediately email me back saying like, well, if you haven't gotten your uh, package in the mail, which has like the, the race bib, the most important thing yeah, uh, amongst other things. But um, they were like, well, you can show up to the race at, I forget what I think they said like 7 7 AM on Saturday morning, which the race is at the Wells Fargo center. Mm -hmm. And they would like, I think the, route went down like to the naval yard and basically back. Um, but the race wasn't until I think eight thirty. So, you know, I live in Westchester, so get up at five, five thirty yeah, to that. get down there to leave at like six, to get down there at seven, 
just to get another fucking bib printed yeah. to then run a race that doesn't even happen for another hour and a half. So I guess I don't know, <laughs> fucking sleep in my car for an hour. So I, I just said, fuck it and didn't do the race at all. No. But the whole time my fucking package was in my mailbox. Cause like in my apartment complex, we have one of those like Amazon hub lockers. Okay. And to open the locker, you get a barcode that's sent through text. <laughs> ah, okay, okay. So the text had never come through. Right. Because of my phone situation. That's fucked up. Yeah, man. So you got the t-shirt at least. <laughs> and it's a pretty awesome t-shirt, yeah, I, I must yeah. admit. It's it's gritty dressed up as a Forrest Gump. <laughs> but you still get, and you also get tickets to a game, right? That's still happening. Yes. Yes, that is happening, which I did sign up for that uh, December 5th. I think it's a Monday night is when the Flyers are playing the Avalanche, and they're like my second squad, so That's I am fun. going to that game. Yeah. Cool. Not a total loss. No, but a pain in the ass. Did you have a bunch of packages in there? Just waiting uh, yeah. for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, I did. Oh, man. And Kat was even texting me like, did you get a package code? I was like, no, nothing. Yeah. Well, we got it figured out now. Just in time for winter. We are a week away from Thanksgiving, less than a week, right? It's this week. It's this Thursday. We're talking Monday. It's this Thursday. Yep. <clears throat> I rarely talk about work here, um, but I want to run a past, run a situation past you and see how you react. So I work overnights um, somewhere, and originally we were all told, hey, there is voluntary shifts on Thanksgiving, which would mean midnight Thanksgiving, which is basically, it for all intents and purposes, Wednesday night. Voluntary mm. shift, come in late Wednesday, uh, receive a truck, a normal work night, but you get paid double time. Yes, sounds great because we, we, and regardless, we were off that night. So we had Thanksgiving off. We got a shift of double time. Everything was great. And then all of a sudden, very quickly, we were told, hey, uh, so the is obviously passing the buck. So the other company doesn't want to do or the shipping company doesn't want to do. Uh, they, quote unquote, can't find enough drivers that want to get paid double time to come out Wednesday night. So that shift's canceled. We're no longer working Thanksgiving, but we are working Friday, Friday being the day after Thanksgiving, Friday meaning midnight, Friday morning, meaning for all intents and purposes, Thanksgiving night. Right. So now we work on Thanksgiving night for no double pay. So they took away our holiday off. They took away our double pay. And as of now, because I, I, I'm someone that will rarely complain at work 
especially I work for a gigantic, like multi-level corporation. So I know well enough what is controllable, what is just bullshit that comes down from a corporate level. You know what I mean? And, and complaining about certain things just is a waste of everyone's time. For the most part, everyone's just getting through their day. But this was just so egregious that I had to bring it up. And I told my team leader and all that, and and he was very sympathetic, understood. And he was going to reach out to his team leader because, of course, it's a giant company. So it's like, who's anybody's boss, really? And everyone has a boss. Everyone's like everyone has a sub boss. And then there's like a boss above that. And who the fuck do you talk to? I mean, this is why Office Space is still yes, an amazing movie. Absolutely, <laughs> completely relevant. Like, I have 13 bosses. <laughs> Are any of them in charge of each other? I have no idea. But so they reached out to their team leader or whatever. And as of now, there has been no resolution other than, um, other than, uh, the acknowledgement that it sucks. I at least got that. I wasn't trying to, nobody tried to feed me any lines like, no, 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 no. You have off Thanksgiving. I don't have all Thanksgiving. Having off Thanksgiving means if I wanted to, I could drink a bottle of wine at Thanksgiving dinner and sleep in bed with my wife, but that's not what's going to happen. I'm going to drink nothing and I'm going to, set my alarm to wake up at 1130 PM and drag my ass to work in the cold, which, you know, I know what I work in retail. It's something that a lot of people do and it sucks, but you can't do both. You can't make me like I'm coming in Thanksgiving, pay me for Thanksgiving rate. You know what I'm saying? Do you agree with what I'm, do you, do I sound like a fucking, dickhead here no especially if like this late in the game too it's like <sighs> you, you already kind of like even the money aside you kind of had your whole holiday planned mm -hmm. and now you're kind of pulling the rug out from under your feet with this late oh by the way you know night before thanksgiving shift isn't happening anymore we can't find drivers so you're gonna have to work thanksgiving night yeah. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> like, wait, 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 wait. Don't, wait. Don't, don't make it so nonchalant. This is a big change. Like, come on, man. And it, the news so, was given so nonchalantly, it took me like a, a full day to realize just how bad it was. You know what I mean? It was, it was, mm -hmm. it was like run by us so quickly that it took me a while to wait. And then I was like, just like, and then that night I was like, wait a fucking second. Like to a full 24 hours later, it's like the light bulb went off and I was like, I'm pissed now. <laughs> I mean, this type of stuff would happen in restaurants. I mean, especially back at Appetites, I could easily pull Brad aside and be like, look, you know, it's not the biggest deal. I just want to let you know that this this was a little annoying. This mm -hmm. doesn't sit well with me. And like, and then we talk it out and we have a conversation. And like, he's a good boss, so he's yeah. receptive. And he'll like uh, marinate on that for a little bit yeah. and then approach this, a similar situation in the future differently, you know? Mm -hmm. So even just getting that off your chest, it's like talking to a therapist almost, you know, yeah. just getting it off your chest to your supervisor that will resonate with that person. You know, it, it's not going on deaf ears yeah. as long as they are like a decent human being, exactly, and a exactly. decent and, supervisor. And they are, they are. And I even said a very similar thing. I was like, 
I realize we may be just totally stuck and screwed here, but mm-hmm. you know, there's a several more holidays coming up very soon. There's like, just please, you got to keep this in mind for the, you know, the next battle that comes up because this is a, and none of this obviously is my supervisors doing, but this is just the latest in a long string of like little fucking chinks that they take out of our armor. Like a lot, like a little, it's been going on for a while, but like they'll, they'll just do little tweaks that Mm -hmm. suck and ultimately cost us money. Um, and this one was just so egregious. And I was like, to your point earlier of everybody saying, you know, the the uh, the popular sentiment about, uh, from uh, conservative losers is that people don't want to work, which is not the case. I mean, do I want to work? No, I'm a reasonable guy. Would I rather never work again and have unlimited money? Everybody would, unless you're a freak. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> fucking <Literally>. duh. <laughs> But this whole, like, this is why people quit jobs. This is why people don't work places because it it can't be people don't want to work. And then I say, okay, counterpoint, treat your workers with respect. Mm -hmm. And then the counterpoint to that is you're lazy. That's not what's going on at all. It's a bad faith argument that is the only kind of argument conservatives have for being honest. Uh, but it's just nasty business. And it's like, I, and I was like, and we're short staff and it's like, you can't do shit like this and expect people to stay on. It's hard enough to work overnight, right? Working overnight. It's tough to keep people to work overnight. It's not a desired shift yeah. at all. At all. And and we do these things. The company does these things where they do these little fucking, you know, twist the knife just a little bit. Maybe they won't notice, which is another thing that makes you feel like, do you th- just think I'm a dumbass? Because like I work the shift I work or the, the work that I do, you don't think I have like a analytical uh, cell in my brain that's able to see what you're doing to my face which is another insult when really it, what it probably is, is just nobody even realized or like you more than likely, this is a decision made that they didn't think would really affect anybody. You know what I mean? That's like, well, you, yeah, like you directly affected one group of people at, uh, at in the company, the overnight workers who, you know, I would say have the most, fucked up lives for your job you know what i mean to make your store work i make a lot of sacrifices uh to what many would consider a normal life you know what i mean and it's like yeah and it's it's uh the turnover is so incredibly high and it's like obviously obviously it's high you can't do things like this and not expect consequences yeah like I mean the the balance of power in like corporations and really just jobs and business has been so heavily in favor of the corporations for so fucking long. I mean not to get too political but since Reagan, you yes. know. Yeah. And 
that shift in power is is gradually going, I think, the other way. You see the Starbucks of the world that are unionizing, and it's mm-hmm. like this and is you part see, of the same conversation. Yes, and you see how badly the people in charge don't want that, so that's how you know it's good. <laughs> you know what I right. mean? The amount of money these people spend to kill any sort of unionization is like, wait, why do you, why do you not want it so bad? Oh, because it, you'd have to pay me? Yeah, and it's like we're not even asking for a lot. Like we just like we just want like these certain thresholds of basic life needs. Yes. You know? Yes. And so I guess getting dignity. back to my point like That's what we want above all. Sure. Is a dig is a a life of dignity. And like to your, to what I was saying about like at least bringing it up to your supervisor and that gradually trickling up the food chain it might raise some alarm bells for some of those people because they are not dummies either. They see what's going on in this country with mm-hmm. people trying to take power back to the workforce, mm-hmm. you know, and, and unionize and do stuff like that. Like I think about it even in my job, like we're such like low level peons as like a level one help desk that we could unionize, you know, we, yeah. we could really stick it to them up there to finally like pay us what I think we really deserve. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and it's not even that much more hourly that I'm like currently making, you know? Right. And that's, yeah. And that's where they, that's because, because really the, like when you, when these people, these brave people that decide we're going to, we're going to fucking organize, you know what I mean? They're, you're just signing up to be fucked with. At an incredibly high level, you know what I mean. Even even though the demands are so not, in, they're so just base level. Eat what easy fixes to make everybody happier. They will, depending upon the company. Like if you work for you know the one giant company in the world right now, <laughs> they'll spend so much money to fucking destroy you. You'll become a personality in newspapers and stuff, whether you want to be or not. And, and they'll be, they'll be fucking people calling you a communist and all this insane stuff. You know what I mean? It's like, that's, but also I'm speaking, I'm playing into their game right now. I'm because it's like, yeah, I don't want to do all that, but it's like, God bless the people that do want to do that. And we and luckily we're seeing more and more of it, like you're saying, because people have had enough. It's like, uh, <sighs> I mean, yeah, like I, I used to see it in the restaurant industry all the time. Like there were so many teachers mm-hmm. that had to work nights and then summers at whether it be Appetites or <clears throat> um, even at Iron Hill, yeah, because their teaching job pays shit. Like why? <laughs> why why is that just like an accepted thing of life and it has been for so long. Yeah. And that's just one, you know, example. Like even my job, I'm I basically took like a pay cut by about 40% to work the job I'm working. Mm-hmm. And what I do is so much more technically advanced yes. than slinging fucking <laughs> drinks and Rubens and cheesesteaks. Right. Like why is that the case? Like it, it's it's just maddening, you know, that it shouldn't be like that. And that's also why so many people don't stick 
with the corporate America job because it isn't rewarding. You're, t- you know, they, they, on they any fluff level. You. Yes. No. And they fluff you when you're brand new that like, Oh, you have career opportunities and upward mobility and this, that, and the other. And you get there. And like I am right now, you're there for like a, a year or, or more. And you're like, okay, I, I see it from like a, a wider perspective. Now I see it's all bullshit. Yes. <laughs> and I see that it'll take a very long time for me to get to like the threshold of money that'll just like put me in peak happiness. Right. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Or sustainability, I guess. And once again, that level of money isn't that much. No, it's not. It's really, I don't want to get down to like specific numbers, but I think you know what I mean. Yes, absolutely. And it's, um, so you said you've been with your place over a year. Yeah, it's actually been a little over a year and a half. So did you have like a yearly review or yes. anything? And did you were you able to bring up your concerns at all like, "Hey, uh, you know, I don't dislike it here, but I need more money." <laughs> at that point I was still like just very hopeful yeah. that, you know, my review would go well, I would get a good raise. My review went very well, which I did save. So I, if, if need be, I can show that to like another employer. But yeah, my raise was – I keep calling it pitiful, yeah. but it's actually like par for the course. They gave me like a 3% raise. And unfortunately, right. that, that yes. is normal yes. for corporate America. Yes, yes. One of, yes. One of the, and they fucking protect their ass so much because it's like, well, it's built in to – see. so it's like, you know, you, you did – standard raise. Yes. Fuck you who sets the standard fuck off yeah, it's like but also you just gave me like an above standard yeah. review <laughs> yeah max it out what's the max i can get and it's like oh you can't get that unless you get a perfect review well give me a perfect review if it's all just numbers no in ta- in talking to a lot of friends though that do work in corporate america and i i say all these things to them they're like it have you talked to your boss yet about this and i always say no and they're like it's not it's not a bad thing. Like you could, you could reach out to him and like mm-hmm. in a proper way, mm-hmm. discuss these things that are on your mind. Yes. This is a theme we talked about last, last, last shit, last show we had is because also that's a, di- the, the things you want oftentimes are on the opposite end of a difficult conversation and, and Absolutely. setting up that talk with your boss is easier than you know hunting your meal at night you know what i mean but it's not <laughs> it's not it's tough i know for me personally things like that are incredibly difficult and part of that is immaturity in myself and anxiety and and a uh, aversion to any sort of confrontation uh all things i need to work on obviously but but it's like yes it's 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 not something that it's like yeah, I'll uh hey boss, we got to talk, okay? And he just plopped down at his in front of his desk. It's it's it, it is difficult. Well, and and once again, it's a scenario that yes, confrontation in general is difficult mm-hmm. in just any human interaction, but yes. in that scenario, you feel like you're already at a huge disadvantage and your boss holds all of the cards mm-hmm. and could you know, y- your brain just the way it works, you immediately think all of the worst yeah. uh outcomes they're gonna hold this against me like this is gonna exactly exactly yes yes yes. so like for for for, this is just a random example uh the schedule for this week 
uh, it came out not you know just a couple of weeks ago, and my boss accidentally put everyone on my help desk. We were all working on Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know this, but I just looked at the schedule and looked at me and saw I was working Thanksgiving. Brought it up to uh, a coworker, and he was like, "Shit, I'm working too." But then I'm immediately like texting my mom. I'm texting Cat. I'm like, "Shit, I'm working Thanksgiving." Yeah. And my mom's reaction was like, "Is this because they know you're looking for another job?" <laughs> 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 like, just like you said, you know, yeah. they're, they're going to hold this against me, yes, and punish me and have make me work all the holidays because I'm looking for another job, like. Which no, mom, could happen. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but are you working Thanksgiving as well? No, no. It so was, it was a mistake. It, yeah, yeah. It was totally a mistake. That's what I thought. He they corrected ha- it the very next day, yeah, even. Like, yeah. <laughs> How many fuckers need help with their passwords on Thanksgiving? <laughs> I know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> now, you said you are level one help desk. Is there, like, what would it take for you to? go to a level two yeah i'm assuming that's how it works i don't know how many levels there are but so that's not even within cai that's the company i work for they Ah, pretty much strictly run all level one help desks got it so like the one i'm on is asplund asplund hires cai to run their level one level two are it peeps with probably like probably college degrees maybe not but they are like strictly work for asplund and they work at the headquarters in willow grove that's all level two people so those are kind of the jobs i'm looking at right now Mm -hmm. is to land one of more of these like level two type jobs doesn't mean i'm not off or it doesn't mean i'm off the phones it just means that i'm like uh troubleshooting like more difficult shit uh and, and probably and also less like directly, often. Yes. Yes. But also directly working for the company itself. It's like my, my company is just doing help desk work across the board for all sorts of different companies, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How many of your companies, the level one help desk centers, aren't even in the United States? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's got to be uh, a majority, I would think. I don't think it's a majority. But there are there are a good amount that have like the the analysts they hire have to speak German. Some of them have to speak Spanish. There's no. What I'm saying speak. is, how many of your job, your particular job, is done by a call center where you don't have to pay them as much oh, hourly? You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. Totally. Like I, I yes. You know, and and that's why like recently. Uh, on Pop Adult, we had Harrison on, and we did Sorry to Bother You. Yes. And there's very similar parallels. And, like, yes, we're doing technical work, but it is a type of job that you could be, you could see outsourced to India or Poland or wherever, mm-hmm. That and that's doing it for much cheaper. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So, in a way, I, thank I, we need more companies like yours to, to keep those jobs here. Right. And I guess the the reason I bet the selling point to hire CAI versus, you know, overseas company is that, well, we have more personal touch, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's Someone all- like me, I, I can say I do have that. Like, I have great communication skills. Mm-hmm. I worked in fucking bars and restaurants for so goddamn long that I do have that personal uh, 
uh, interpersonal communication skill. Absolutely. But, uh, I know some of the other people on my help desk, and they no. don't have that. <laughs> <laughs> Language barrier or not, they're just not skilled in that way. <laughs> they're just dorks. <laughs> uh, such is life. But uh, no, that is another funny thing to think about. It's just why isn't there just a law where you're not allowed to outsource your jobs to another country if you're a giant corporate you know what i mean mm. just make it illegal anyway do you i'm sorry that your boy dr oz didn't bring home the win i know you're disappointed <laughs> yeah you know i was big into him killing puppies and drinking pee or whatever he does dr oz almost Selling happened that snake oil man what a Dude, fucking Gone, though, I will say this. He is gone from my life completely since he lost. You know what I mean? I haven't seen his face or read his name. He he took his L, and he's back to North New Jersey, where I'm assuming he lives, out the suburbs of New York City, right? <laughs> well, I mean, he only has, like, 10 homes. So right, yeah. Where, where's his... Pick or choose. <laughs> he could live in... Tur- I mean, he's very wealthy. That's, thank God he lost. How embarrassing. You know what I mean? We had Rick Santorum as one of our Oh, that guy. Jesus all time piece of shit. So when it just when Dr. Oz was on the ticket, I was like, you know, this state has had Toomey forever. Who Mm -hmm. sucks shit? You know what I mean? This state has had Rick Santorum in the Senate. That guy is on CNN now just as a his job is raving loon you know what i mean it's like let's get this psycho on uh uh our talking head show to get some clicks drubbed up because we know he's going to say something just outlandish and insane just to incite confrontation so i was like it's, it's oz it, could it, win that like people in this state don't care about being embarrassed by their senator <laughs> <laughs> yeah like <clears throat> It, it was, I guess, overall a victory for Democrats. Like it was just so exciting to see wins in a lot of places that, I, like, I just kind of got overexcited and was hoping even for more. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I was just happy that my state that I live in voted the way I voted. The thing, so, the thing, cool. I yeah, yeah, because you could very easily get way too personally invested in like a race in a state that's so far from you personally, like you could be like screaming at the top of your lungs about the results coming in for the like secretary of state of Arizona that you really God, start it. to lose focus about what, what really matters in life. You know Wyoming six district went that way. I can't, oh, you're right. Wait, wait, <laughs> the state Senator from uh, North Dakota that I just heard about a week ago, isn't going to win. I'm going to fucking, scream at the top of my lungs (laughs) i'm gonna get red face no what you can control is what you can control and i did my vote this is can i i'll tell you my voting story people love to hear this type of stuff (laughs) i know we have a lot of uh very conservative listeners and they're storming out i could hear them <laughs> slamming their their fucking phones on the ground be like i'm done with this doom thugs has lost me as a listener 
Let's see what Ben Shapiro has so, to say. Oh, throw up. I just don't ever want to hear that name again in my life. Unless we're talking Josh. Josh is cool. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so uh, we've always voted in the same place, which is a local firehouse. Um, And, you know, it, our... <laughs> I, I don't know. Our part of town that votes there is made up of like five wards, <laughs> right? And okay. I just so happen to be, uh, we live in a ward where we get to basically skip most of the line. Like Ooh, half of the room is, is one. Yeah. So it's awesome. So I'm never moving just because of that. But, you know, you go to your polling place and there's a bunch of people there at the doors normally handing you literature right or just fucking there because they you know and it sucks and uh you just run past them it's whatever it's not that big it's usually like a sample ballot or something like that and it's like it's you know either democrat or republican i guess usually one of each you know what i mean and then it's like maybe in a very local race the council person that's on the ticket will be there or whatever Mm. this was like there was no line outside the building and uh there was only one dude by the door handing out literature right Uh, which is strange and uh i'd like to get your opinion on that in a moment but he tried to hand me the um hand us the ticket the republican uh ballot right Uh and i was like no thank you and normally that's it Mm. but as i'm walking in the building he's like Please, sir, can I please talk to you for just a second? Come on. And I was like, no, no fucking way. Now, in retrospect, I wish I said yes just to hear what he could have possibly said. You know what I mean? Just to see what oh, that no. sales pitch would be like. Like, like, what, what was he going to ask me? Was he going to be like, brother, I know you're not just don't just not Dr. Oz. I know you're not going to vote for Dr. Oz, but for like some of the local races or whatever, you know what I mean? I wonder if it was going to be something like that. It's like, yes, Mastriano is going to take a massive L here. Uh, but, (laughs) but could you at least vote for the Republican for, you know, for whatever, whatever level sheriff, right. Or any, you know what I mean? Would that have been his pitch or, would he have tried to sold me his hardest on Doctor Oz and and uh, fucking Mastriano? Like, it was his was his was his, was he a real deal psychopath or a reasonable guy? Which I kind of wish I went back and saw, but that has never happened. Like, and the fact that there wasn't even a Democrat there, like they're they're so they. I guess it was that much in the bag that the Democrats were like, don't even send anyone to the polls. <laughs> okay. Like we're going to, we got it locked up. And then the Republican guy that there is, there's like, just like, please, please let me, t-. they're just begging me to fucking stop and talk to him. So, uh, in very interesting, um, pretty much all new people at my table where I tell them, where I check in, uh, because the other ones were a thousand years old. They're all dead, I'm sure, but the people have been there forever. And then, um, Tammy was not in the book. We, she's voted for there several times, several races. There was no change of address or anything like that. And she was just not in the fucking book. So yeah, she had you to guys she, live there for how long? <laughs> a decade. 
Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, so that was very weird. She had to fill. Luckily, I mean, they took care of it right there. They provisional ballot, blah blah blah. Yeah. Send it in, whatever. Gave you a number with your provisional ballot that you could follow up on to make sure your vote was counted. Great, all above board, but very strange. Oh. Why was she purged from the the? You know what I mean? Why was she not on there? How many people does that happen to? It's very stupid and very dumb. As soon as you turn 18, your name should be in the book. You know what I mean? <laughs> and right. that's that. But, uh, yeah. So, but when I was younger, when I was very young and I used to go in the booth with my dad, the booths were cool. It was very mechanical. There was all these switches. You click these little metal switches and at the end, you press vote, and then when you pull the curtain open, the switches reset all in one motion. Very cool and satisfying. Then it graduated up into, uh, to these more electronic booths where you just are basically touching plastic, and it lights up a little light. You press vote, the lights go off. There might be a little bit of mechanical noise from the vote button, but I don't think so. Not as satisfying. Sucks. Now you got to get a fucking paper ballot from the guys where you check in, walk around to in the center of the room. They have a bunch of these like <laughs> I'm going to say they're like a octagon style table with partitions in between. So everyone gets a very small piece of the pie of the table that's blocked on both sides to fill out your ballot while eight other people are also leaning on this card table <laughs> that's about to collapse. But anyway, so you fill it out by paper then you go to, over to another area where you like stick it into a giant fax machine. It gets sucked in a little screen says vote counted with a, you know, the statue of Liberty is on the screen and stuff. And then, and then that's it. Then you leave. But it was like, we've, we've gone down a step every time voting is getting shittier it sucks more give me back the machine with the clicks and the clacks and the big curtain and the bit lots of noise that's what i want so i've never i've voted. Ne ne i've yeah i've never voted <laughs> Fuck it. i'm not into it <laughs> no I, i've only ever had the scantron ever Okay. I've never been in, in a voting place that has what you're describing, but I know like my parents have because they described the same thing that you're saying. Yeah, and then even on the news, I see some places that have like these touch screens. Yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah. Now yeah. that's that's fancy. That's mm -hmm. advanced. But yeah, also to what you're saying about the the people that stand outside the polling places, like there's very strict rules about yes. that, and I've never looked into what they are. But that guy even sounds like he's even. Like he he's like a beyond his boundary. Like he should not be where he was. I'm gonna say there has to be a rule. I'm saying one of the rules has to be distance from door, right? Exactly. exactly. He was on the door. Like he was right. like touching the door. So much so that when I entered the building, he could yell after me, which I think mm -hmm. they're trying to avoid. You know what I mean? That's like seems like a rule that was broken. Yeah, because where I go to vote, it's um I think it's an old folks home. Okay. And there's no one at the door, but on like the corner of the street, like off the curb even, is where they set up shop to do exactly what you're talking about. But that's like probably about 10 yards from the door. So I feel like they're choosing that strategically based right. on some sort of rules. Yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I agree. I agree. But yeah, th this go around, I, I very 
uh, like purposely kind of like did not make eye contact. I was wearing sunglasses first. Very Didn't cool. even look their way. Yes. Had had AirPods in. Like yes, just yes. One. I don't. I don't even care if you are the Democratic Party. Like just don't talk to me, please. Right. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. Yep. There's like <laughs> no reason to try <laughs> to convince me at this point. I am not an undecided voter walking into the polling place after all I've seen. <laughs> All we've seen, Timmy, you and I have watched the World Series, yes, and all the playoff games. All we've seen is political commercials, and it's just, it was relentless, and it sucked. It sucked so bad. It was like, fuck being in the World Series in an election year. When they, when every, like, how did you watch, do you have standard cable? Yeah. I mean, it might be like a bump up from your most basic package, but yes, I have cable. Right. Uh, what I meant was cable that comes to your TV from the wall as opposed to what I have, which is YouTube TV. So I didn't know if it was just I was getting blasted because there's definitely less variety of commercials on streaming things than there are on television. And um, so no, I, so were you. you getting blasted <laughs> as well constantly every commercial break? And and from like citizens for sanity that say shit like I'm watching the hey I'm watching the game my son my six year old son is first World Series let's watch it together and every commercial is like rape rape murder attack (laughs) it's like shut up don't say rape it wasn't just the World Series either it was every sporting event it was like every Eagles game Uh any Flyers game like just every sporting event well maybe it's just because i only really watch sports on tv i don't really use the tv for that much else yes agree live television yes but yes we were getting absolutely bombarded with it as well and it was it was even like the john fetterman commercials are just like i don't even want to watch this anymore no no, right it's like my side i don't i'm i'm about to yeah like makes you just want to renounce all of it but fuck and also, yeah. my last name is in a commercial now that plays a lot. The uh, Antonelli Cheese Shop commercial for Capital oh, One. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Never in my life has my name been a name that's said regularly. Now it's like on every fucking commercial, people are saying Antonelli. I was like, I'm, I made it. I did it, babe. <laughs> I don't got any cheese for you. But no, I don't I know that. Famous. Yes. I've never met them yeah. before. I don't think they're real. <laughs> I think it's just a credit I, card commercial. And I think we talked about this last episode a little bit, but like speaking of, you know, dwelling on election, dwelling on sports, like I, I have finally, I think, reached a good spot where I am able to turn it off. Good. I am able to like not base my entire existence around those things. Like, just like you said, like you can only control so much, Yes, you know? And when my team loses, it's disappointing, but I can easily turn to a video game or throw on a movie or even read a fucking book for once in my life. You know, just, just cause it's, I can feel my brain going down that like obsessive slope that I used to do in my twenties and just get so upset if like you know the Phillies lose in the playoffs or the Eagles lose in the playoffs it's it's like why am I doing this to myself and sometimes it'd be with like Kat and like why am I putting her through this exactly yes I am absolutely guilty of that in the past and that's like shit you hope to leave in your 20s like 
like my so it's like my favorite i love i watch every sporting event right i love them but my number one hobby because you're gonna lose most of the time you know what i mean my number one hobby is making me in a pissed off shitty mood towards my loved ones uh constantly it's like I got you got to switch some stuff up there. If the, if your favorite thing also makes you miserable most of the time in real life, you got to fix some stuff, brother. You can't live life like that. <laughs> and I I think I've realized it makes me yearn for certain podcasts even more. If if my team loses or if you know, a movie <clears throat> that I thought was great, but everyone says suck shit or vice versa. Or if something politically happens that didn't go the way I wanted it to, I'm like dying to hear a more professional person's take on it in a podcast. And it's very cathartic for me too. Right. Like I I love my Eagles podcasts after they lost Monday night football against the Redskins. Cause I, I did, I went back there. I I was livid, livid Monday night where Cat was like, I don't want to deal with you right now. I'm like, going to the room. <laughs> yeah. And and then the next day, I like listen to my Eagles podcast and just listening to them break it down. Like just put me at ease for some reason, you know? For sure. Which podcast do you listen to? What is your Eagles podcast? My favorite one is called Birds with Friends, and okay. it's the two beat writers from The Athletic. Okay. Uh, Actual Wolf. writers. I like that. Yeah. And that's that's why I, I dial into the ones I listen to is because like they are going to the game, sitting in the press box, and they are day to day writing articles, and like they're in the locker room, and like they have yes inside knowledge, yes. you know. Yes. Um. So it's that, that's my favorite. But then there's there's a bunch of other ones. There's there's the, uh, Jesus Christ. There's there's do you have names? Do, do you know their names on Birds with Friends? Just I'm curious, just if I've seen them on. Yeah, it's uh, Bo Wolf and Zach Berman. Zach Berman's been in Philly sports for a while now. Um, uh-huh. He's like a short dude, good-looking guy, like short, dark hair. Um, but yeah, it's the two of them. Bo's like goofy as fuck, and Zach is always like the straight man, so they have like a great rapport with that. Um, but yeah, Bleeding Green Nation is with Jimmy Kemsky, who write, writes for, I think, Philly Voice, mm-hmm. which I want to say used to be or is part of like the Inquirer. I don't know how all that works. But yeah, the scene's all fucked up. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, th- such as journalism overall these days. Um, but then the other guy on that is uh, Brandon Lee Gowton. Mm. They have a great, great, great rapport. Uh, oh, and then the one that's tied with 94.1 is called Go Birds Radio. And that's Elliot Shore Parks and James Seltzer. James Seltzer is like, big on the radio. Elliot Shore Parks is more of the beat writer, mm-hmm. but he also makes a lot of appearances on WIP. Yes. Still has not provoked me to listen to fucking WIP, but their their podcast is good. And and like I listen to all three religiously because they they do have a lot of overlap in their takes, uh-huh. but they they don't also. So okay. I like all of the different perspectives. Yes, yes, yes. Like for example, Bo Wolf like brought it up a while ago like where the other two podcasts were talking about how like the special teams suck, whether it's they don't like the punter, they don't like the return game, whatever. But then Bo Wolf brought up the point. He was like, well, guys, 
they invested so much in like free agent acquisitions and draft capital in the offense and the defense that they kind of just said fuck it to the special teams. Right. So the fact that they're just like mediocre to maybe a little below average is fine because they really didn't they didn't expect them to be any better than this. Right. And they aren't terrible. Like they aren't no. giving up points and shit. You know what I mean? That's right. That's fine. You want to invest a billion dollars in like Oh, go out and get a fucking freak receiver. You know what I mean? Get the best players available. And this one part of the team will not be above average, but not terrible. Perfect. You know what I mean? That's that's what you do, brother. Yeah. No, I. Uh, yeah, I have personality issues in that. I get very. So I don't really. So I consume sports. And I have a couple people I like, but I get very, I'm not interested in any sort of arguing. You know what I mean? So it's like, um, like WIP has turned me off so much that, and has made conversation with other people about sports so unpleasant that it's Mm -hmm. like, I'll block out any opinions that I don't like. Because I just don't want to talk about it with anybody. I don't want to. It's not arguing. It's not something I'm interested in. So it's like my number one is the team. I watch the team. I don't even really read about them much. You know what I mean? Uh, But it's and I'll always defend the team. (laughs) And when I see like fucking people uh, talk negatively about them, even if they're making a solid point. Uh, my initial instinct is to be like, fuck off. But uh, what I really do is just mute them on Twitter. So I don't have to see it. Cause it, cause it feeds me so much of that because it knows that I like sports, mm. but, and I interact with WIP because I f- call them on their shit all the time. Not all the time, but enough where it's like, Oh, this guy wants this kind of shit. And it's like, no, I was confrontational towards WIP about how much they suck. That doesn't mean I want to be in any other fuck it. Stop not telling everyone they suck. You know what I mean? So it's just what a long road for me to say. I listen to nasty knuckles and that is the, that's like my flyers podcast because it's uh, the old, it's Harry Stettelmeyer, the old equipment manager who's basically just a hockey fan and Riley Cote. So it's like if I'll I'll always get listen to the players' perspective a hundred percent. I love to hear the players talk because the players did it. The players were in the room. You know what I mean? Well, Ryan beat Cote writers. Was, what wasn't wasn't he like a wasn't he a coach in the system at one point? He did. He did give his give a shot at coaching in the Phantom system. Quickly realized yes. it was not for him. But yeah, gotcha. But it's just uh, and and your point to beat writers there almost the next closest you could get. Right. So it's yeah. like, I'll listen to a beat writer. Cause they're in the room. They they're mm-hmm. seeing these people face to face and they're normally a bit more respectful because of that. You know what I mean? And the, and then the, in their articles and their analysis. So it's like, if you can't get there, beat writers good. But then it's like, there's people like Angelo Cataldi who's not close to the room and not a former player has no real base of knowledge and he is like the wellspring of like give us the your opinion we need it that's the problem it's like yep. 
your podcast describes do you describe something that I could listen to people that are in the room that know what's going on I usually take it a step further and won't listen to it I want to hear the player's perspective always I I want to hear their stories I want to hear them talk I want to hear them say people's nicknames that I haven't heard before you know what I mean right <laughs> this show is pretty bad with that because the two of them will f- Harry Stettelmeyer start firing off 15 or 16 nicknames in a row who are all former flyers who Cote knows, but they don't even go think about stopping to explain who all those people were. So you're just like <laughs> left to kind of like, they'll put in the ones, you know, like you'll hear her list off like Bundy and, and they're, they're and, and ones that make sense, but then they'll just say stuff like scratch and pussy. And all that. Like, okay. like, oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Daryl Powell. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I remember that was his nickname. No, yes, not yes, at all. Yes. <clears throat> and it's fucking always he's so Riley Cote's role in the league was as an enforcer, a fighter. He was one of the last wave of straight up. This dude made it to the league by fighting to fight in the league. And it's like always fascinating to hear those dudes talk because the majority of them, <laughs> I'd say 100% of the ones that they've talked to, don't love to fight. They aren't in their real lives looking to fight. They spent most of their, they, they've, their whole lives they've been a hockey player. They've only been a fighter at the, at like the very late in the game when they saw, I could have a road to the NHL here if I start fighting. It's like like I'm I'm not quite talented enough <clears throat> to be a third liner or above. Mm-hmm. So if I'm gonna be in the NHL as a fourth liner, I'm gonna have to fight. Right, because I'm not a penalty killer. You know, I don't have the mm-hmm. skill or the speed, and it's like, and I'm big. I have the size, and I'm willing to do it. So so many of these dudes, but but also not to say that they're not talented. Like at lower level, for sure. They were, scoring goals and scoring uh, yes points. yes they were they played a ton of minutes they played on every aspect of the game until you know f- certain skills stop developing for some people at certain levels that's not it's just it's it is what it is but they love the game so much they're like i could get into it by fighting every night and most of them like they'd be up fucking you know the day of the game just thinking all day, like, oh, they have a fucking monster on their team. I'm definitely going to have to fight them. So it's like all day long, you're just fucking tense and nauseous. Just thinking about, oh, I got I got seven hours to kill till me and this behemoth are going to be swinging at each other. My hands are already bloody from l- punching someone's helmet five times last night. Hope, <laughs> But then it's like game starts and they're and he's it's it's business you know what i mean they and then they go out and do their work and he said uh in his last season in the league he warmed up for every single game but uh didn't play one like he was he was there in full gear you know what i mean pre-game skate and all that and then not playing which has got to be tough but uh you know what i mean and, and, and that anxiety that you're talking about that's that's the movie goon yeah like yeah. The, the uh but yeah, and also what you're talking about. Like, Very good we movie. Keep coming back to, totally, that movie rules. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we keep coming back to this on this this segment of the podcast, and Mike calls to me, it's like harping on WIP. And yeah. I think what you're talking about, it's like 
Fanatic sucks too. Sports. Fanatic sucks too. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, ninety-seven-five. Yeah, not, fuck them both. As, yeah, right. Sorry. Like, I'm all for like having a, a sports discussion and, and like argue about sports, but like what they do on those shows is kind of what you were just saying about like Rick Santorum being on CNN. It's like this trolling, clickbaity nature of like yelling over one another and like high animosity. And it's just over the top. It's like no, like. I had these discussions as a bartender all the time where like we would argue and get like heated, but yeah. not to the point of like hatred. And it yeah. feels really shitty in those formats, you know, 100%. Yes. That's, that's the issue. It's nasty. I mean, I mean, hell even the, the podcast I just mentioned to you, birds with friends, Bo and Zach after the Washington game, they, for the first 30 minutes, just like, went back and forth as to who was more to blame the offense or the defense. And yeah. like Zach was more saying how like, look, I, I'm not absolving the offense. They turned the ball over four fucking times. And Bo was like, you gotta be kidding me. Like the defense was atrocious, blah, blah, blah. And they yeah. just went back and forth, but they are friends at heart. So there right. was like never any like true vitriol, yeah. you know? Yeah. And you dug the conversation cause they were both making good points. And like, yeah, like I, I, I don't know exactly like where the, the line is drawn, but what sports talk radio is doing is not for me anymore. I don't want any fucking parts of it. I only ever turn those stations on if I happen to be in my car when a game is on live. Yeah. That's it. Yes. Agreed. I don't stick around for post game. None of it. It's just, it's, it's the game because you know why? Because the people calling the games like the team always, yeah. you know what I mean? I want to hang out with people that like the team more than people that are just mad at the team at all times. So Tim Saunders, Steve Coates, they'll say, you know, they'll say they're not playing well lately. They got to, you sure. know, they got to, they'll fully, they're not blowing shit up, but they're not, they don't big time the players, the athlete, you know, what? the guy doing the thing. They're not, the second you, <laughs> Start big timing professional athletes for not doing what they do well enough when you're not even close. You lose me. It's it's like when people you have no idea what it's like. You know what I mean? They're <laughs> I'm sorry. They're in pain. Every single player is in pain all the time, without a doubt. There's no way you couldn't be. Uh, you have no idea what level and that's not injured. That's different. So, mm -hmm. so there's constant intense wear and tear on your body. So you're never healing, but that's not even reported. That's just your base level, what you live with. Right. And then on top of that, you injure your groin. Right. So now it's like, uh, yeah, he sucks. He, but it's like now it's like we'll get better from that. Well, it's like okay, getting better from that is difficult in a state where I'm already torn to shreds on a daily basis. So it's like, fuck. You what I long all this to say is like you have no idea how hard it is and that and the 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 physical toll it takes on people. So don't sit on Twitter and call and at don't at reply a pro athlete. And insinuate that they suck. You know what I mean? I've never understood that. I want to throw never... hot coffee in your face. <laughs> that shit is insane. Back to what you were saying, though, about the like local radio broadcasts. Uh, 
just this past weekend, Eagles playing the Colts. Uh, Kat had something to do during the day, and she didn't get back until like right before game time. And we went and watched it at her parents' place. So on the ride over, we threw the game on uh, the radio. We caught a little bit of just uh, Merrill and I, uh, Mike. Mike Quick. Christ, Mike Quick. Yeah. Uh, doing their like little pregame. And, and Merrill's going like, well, they're wearing their slow pants today. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and Mike is like, slow pants. He's like, I call their green pants their slow pants. I just don't think they're a good look. I think it makes them look slow. <laughs> I just thought that was so great. I was like, what a weird anecdote uh, about the uniforms <laughs> i love that dude you do a great Merrill reese first of all and i can i can eat now, i listened to a, a good chunk of that game when they were losing i mean they were losing most of the game on the radio and merrill was just merrill's tough like auto he's like they have got to do something they are running out of time terrible uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, yeah the older he gets the less patience he has it's very funny <laughs> But it's like yeah. he's allowed. Merrill Reese can do it. You know what I mean? I'll listen to it from Merrill Reese. I don't want to listen to it from Joe Jagoff. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? <laughs> you got to have some connection with the team. You know what I mean? Sure. Anyway, I'm all hot and bothered. But Sorry. I, I brought it to sports. My bad. No, dude. This is what... If I didn't talk to, with you about it out loud, I wouldn't talk about it. And it would just be a fucking ball of ma- energy in my head. Thank you for letting me get it out because it's therapeutic to talk. It's good to talk out loud to your friends on the phone. Maybe that's maybe that's what I meant about the uh, podcast being cathartic. It's like, well, maybe I should just talk about sports more with friends. <laughs> that's the thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But no, also, you don't want to, I don't know, do you, it's like, uh, it's good. It's good to talk about your friends and uh, talk with your friends, but not if you're screaming at each other, but it was a very maybe nice most, conversation. Maybe most of my friends nowadays just aren't into sports. Maybe that's my problem. It's- True. Sport fan. We're dying out. Just kidding. Yeah, man. I mean, just like, you know, white men, we have it tough. We got it tough. Let us talk about sports. Let's be mean. Let us be mean to the players. You took so much from us, white men. Let me call this guy a clown online. Could I jog right now? No, I couldn't. Could I do three push-ups? No. No, I couldn't come close. But this dude, this dude just... From a dead stop at the line of scrimmage, sprinted as fast as he could, which you couldn't do. You couldn't sprint. Ten yards up the field, hard cut on his knees and tendons and ankles, directly right, on a dime, fluid. A ball was hummed at his head at a thousand miles per hour. He's over the middle of the field. He knows catching this ball is only going to lead to him getting smashed. You know what I mean? There's no touchdown from here. The only, I would have to jump to catch this. And then two 
monsters are going to sprint at me and fucking try to put their shoulder through my entire body. <laughs> you know what I mean? That guy does that, goes up, makes the catch, gets murdered on the field, gets up, has to do it again. <laughs> Next play. <laughs> Gets a pat on the ass and lines up again. <laughs> You're telling me one of those times he dropped the ball? This dude's a clown. <laughs> you know what I mean? He sucks. Catch it every time. If it was up to if I could do it, I would. The second, the second you got tackled hard as some as a peak athletic adult could tackle you, you would pass away. <laughs> you would die <laughs> actually like we would see your ghost leaving <laughs> your body call these people clowns give me a fucking break folks thank you so much for listening it was very good to talk to you with you tim i hope you have a great thanksgiving we didn't even get into it <laughs> But, Nothing really to talk about. <clears throat> Gonna hang out with Cat's fam and well, my parents come too and eat some turkey and have a nice day. Very you know, good. Really easy going, an easy going day. That's totally. that, the best Thanksgivings are pretty chill. Eat a lot, watch football, go to sleep. Yeah. But God bless you. I always enjoy these conversations. So yeah, if, if people are listening to this, thank you for listening. Thank you for entertaining us. Thank you for always telling us how much you enjoy it too. It really means a lot because I really enjoy doing this show and these talks I think are good. And when people agree with that makes you feel good anyway. Um, so tell everyone again, what's coming up. We got Wakanda forever. Yeah. This week we got Wakanda forever with my cousin, Hannah, uh, Following week, you, me, and Harrison and Keenan are going to talk about revenge. Right? Have you watched it? I've yet to watch it. I started our next, it. Uh, okay, it's our next movie in the series of Tony Scott movies we're doing. Get ready um, for Costner. We got Costner coming in hard. Okay. <laughs> what's next? What's after Revenge? I couldn't even tell you. I oh, forget well, this you, list all the time. Kevin saying, Kevin Costner. Yeah, what's oh is he in Revenge? He is all he is Revenge. He is the star uh, of Revenge. You're I had meant no to idea. get oh dude, buckle up. <laughs> this movie starts very funny. I'm excited to talk about it. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, so we're on Twitter while it's still a thing at Pop Adult. Keenan's on Facebook and Instagram. And we're on all the things you can get your podcasts at. So yeah. For sure. Pop Adult. Follow them anywhere. Follow them on Facebook. Get those alert. Follow, follow us all everywhere. Deal? Okay? And we'll all follow you back. Okay? Mutual. Uh, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, uh, please listen to Doom Thugs. We just had back-to-back -back interviews with the, uh, with the hosts of, two of the hosts of Com Majors, which was a lot of fun. Uh, Brian and Jimmy. Brian and Jimmy, who you'll find over the, on Pop Addled often. But that was a ton of fun. I had a lot of fun talking to those guys. Uh, we'll talk to them again, obviously. These were all part one conversations. 
Oh, I just had a wonderful thought that uh, I can't say out loud yet. Um, but and if you're listening to this when it comes out, our next Doom Thugs live for November will actually be in December, December first, which is like November. Thursday, December first, will be uh, live on Twitch, which is uh, Twitch.tv/slash Doom Thugs Live. Uh, probably like in the six o'clock hour, we will likely start PM. And, uh, that's very exciting. We got a lot of big things planned and, uh, I might be able to make a major announcement, but if I can't, we're at least doing our three person draft of the, everyone on the show is drafting their team of the three best fast food items. And then there's going to be a month long poll to see who wins. And, you know, we're going to be working the polls. Okay. We're going to be trying to get your vote. Uh, unfortunately, Phillies fans did not work the street <laughs> polls after a victory. No, 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 no. But may hopefully again in our lifetimes. Uh, anyway, so and follow us everywhere. Doom Thugs and then Doom Thugs podcast on Facebook. Like I said, we'll always follow back and all that shit. Okay. Uh, Heard that. Well, Tim, we'll see you in a while. And everyone else, thanks for listening. Thank you.